So, we've been in a series entitled, And They Overcame. And They Overcame. Tell you what, I've really enjoyed teaching this. I've really enjoyed some of the things that God has given me along this line. And they overcame. Revelation 12, 11 says, And they overcame by the blood of the Lamb and what they said. They overcame by what the blood of the Lamb accomplished and then enforcing what He accomplished by what they say. The blood of Jesus has accomplished everything that the Bible says that the blood of Jesus accomplished But does the blood of Jesus work for us depends on whether we begin to believe it and we begin to declare it and enforce what the blood has accomplished. The blood of Jesus has healed us, it's delivered us, it's prospered us, it's positioned us, it's given us authority and dominion as we've talked about in the last few weeks. But does the blood of Jesus work on your behalf? It's the question we have to ask and then it's it's a question that only you can answer. And we have to answer these things over time. But, but the amazing thing about God, and, and I think, you know, sometimes I, I've thought this. Lord, you made this thing so easy that people miss it. You've, you've made this whole process easy. You know why? Because you get born again, and you're given this book, And the book tells you that there's going to be all kinds of tests that you're going to face. And those tests aren't from God. They're the same test you'd have whether you were born again or not. But then he hands you this book, and he said, and here's all the answers, and every test is open book. Every test that you and I face in life is open book, and we have the answer. Say this after me. Jesus is... No, no, no. Say it real loud. Jesus... Say Jesus real loud. Jesus Jesus is, say it, the answer. He is. He's the answer. (laughs) But just Jesus isn't enough. I stole that from Dr. Avanzini years ago. Jesus is the answer. So there's no reason for us not to have answers to issues that we face. It's just a process. So, subtitle of my series today, subtitled to this message today is, well, the, the title is, And They Overcame, right? And the subtitle is, with the help of angels. With the help of angels. And they overcame by the blood of the Lamb and the words that they spoke, and I'll just add to it, and the help of angels. There's a lot of talk in our world today about angels, and a lot of people have 
spiritual experiences in regard to angels. And a lot of people actually, uh, are, well, I say a lot, um, people that I've talked to actually, and I, I think other people think this way, it appears that they do, but at least the ones that I've talked to, think that angels are their avenue to salvation or to a connection with God through angels. But the Bible says the only way to the Father is through Jesus Christ, right? But, but we just have to understand that. See, if, if you're sitting here today and you have this really special thing in your heart about angels, keep it because they're special. But they're not God and they're not us. And we're going to see real clearly in Scripture today, just in the next few minutes, just going to read you a number of verses of Scripture about how people accomplish things in the Bible with angels. You know, without an angel, Mary wouldn't have gotten the word that she was going to be impregnated by God and birth the coming Messiah without an angel. Without an angel, there's a number of things well, actually, there's hundreds of things that wouldn't have happened in Scripture without angels. We're very thankful for the angels of God, but they are not God, and they're not second in line. Okay. <clears throat> just follow me. I'm just going to read a few verses of Scripture today and just make a point. <clears throat> and they overcame with the help of angels. Now, look at Revelation chapter 1 and verse 1. Let me just read something here. Revelation 1 and 1. <clears throat> There's a lot to say in a lot of scriptures that I'm going to read today that we're not going to talk about. <laughs> if we had about... We had the rest of the day and into the evening. We could talk a lot about a lot of scriptures we're going to read today, or a number of scriptures we're going to read. Uh, but there's a lot we're not going to talk about. We're just making a, a few points. Verse 1, the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him. Okay, it's the revelation of Jesus that Jesus got from Father to show his servants things which must shortly take place, and he sent and signified it by his angel to his servant John, who bore witness to the word of the Father and to the testimony of Jesus Christ to all things that he saw. Blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of this prophecy and keep these things which are written in it, for the time is near. We can say today that the time is near, okay? But there's a process. Father gave Jesus some things, okay, that Father wanted John to have, and he did it through an angel. There was a process in the delivery of this word, and he used an angel to get it there, okay? That's, that's one way. But in the light of the New Testament, that's not the predominant way that God gets things to people. It was a way he did it here, but it's not the predominant way. Look at Hebrews chapter 1. Hebrews chapter 1. <clears throat> and verse 1. 
And God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom he also made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged out sin, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become so much better than the angels, as he has by inheritance, watch this, obtained a more excellent name than they. So everybody can see clearly that he is up here and angels are down here. Amen? Verse 14. And they, not all, and they, not all ministering spirits, sent forth to minister for those who will inherit salvation, meaning angels. If you go back and read all this, he's talking about angels. The angels are here that they're ministering spirits sent forth to minister to those who shall inherit salvation. Verse 4, or, or verse 3 that we just read, and it says, When he had himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become so much better than the angels. So last week we read that where, as we read the letters of the seven churches, in the book of Revelation, we, we read that one of the benefits of hearing the voice of God and overcoming, one of the benefits is that we sit at the right hand of the Father with Jesus. In other words, He represents us at the right hand of the Father. We see that clearly. Now the ministering spirits, the angels of God, are sent here to minister to those who shall inherit salvation. Who in here today, you can say, I've inherited salvation. Amen. Amen. So, we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of what we say with the help of angels because they've been sent here to work on our behalf. Amen? So, just a little groundwork that we're laying in regards to this. <clears throat> we read in last week, and I told you we were going to mention this this week, and I want you to look at John 10 and verse 27 real quickly. But in those words from from the Father through Jesus to, to, by the angel to John, the words that now come to us, to the seven churches and also to the church in Kerrville. Um, the word is, if any man has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the church. If any man has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the church. Now, in times past, the way that God got his message was from angels to prophets, God's voice to prophets, and it came that way. But now, we hear things through the Son. Son is at the right hand of the Father. Holy Spirit is on the earth representing and speaking only the words of the Father as a result of what Jesus accomplished. So, if Jesus says that you and I are healed... Right hand of the Father says, we're healed. Holy Spirit is here to reveal to you that we're healed. And we have to learn that process of how to hear that, embrace it, apply it, apply the blood, plead the blood of Jesus and what the blood of Jesus has accomplished over our lives. And as we apply the blood, 
and receive what has actually happened, all of heaven works on our behalf. All of heaven. John 10 and verse 27 says this, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow my word. Whatever I tell them to do, they do that because because they know me and I know them. Listen, God knows you, but you and I have got to learn to know him. And we have to learn how to hear that voice and do the things that he tells us to do. And it's it's a simple process. It's not a law. It's not something I have to do. It's something that I am privileged to be able to do. And it's not that difficult. Hmm? When, I, when I first married my wife, um, she was a listener and I was a talker. And I knew how to talk and she knew how to listen. And for a number of years, she just listened and didn't talk. And then one day she kind of got tired that she could never say anything because I was always talking. And so it created a rift between us, you know. And one day God said, you know, the, the problem is everybody has the right to talk. The problem is you don't know how to listen. And I gave you two ears and one mouth. You need to be listening twice as much as you're talking. And I thought that was the voice of the devil, you know. <laughs> Get away from me, you know. But I learned very quickly that if you learn to live that way and you learn to listen, it's amazing what you can do. And you know what? It's really no more difficult than that to hear the voice of God. Most of the time, the voice of God is not audible. That's not his predominant way of speaking to us in an audible way. I mean, he, he, he's God. He'll do whatever he wants to. But we see in Scripture that it's that still small voice. But, it, but that still small voice is processed through my time in the Word and listening to the Word and declaring the Word and applying the Word and then making those words turn into a voice. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's, it's a strange process to the natural mind, but to the spirit man, which all of us were created in the image of God, down deep inside of you it makes sense and that's why we can do it. And I'll tell you, if I can do it, you can do it. We can hear the voice of God. We can know and be confident what God is saying. We just have to spend time doing it. If I don't sit with my wife and listen to her, I don't really know what she's thinking. If I don't spend time in the Word of God, learning to allow the words to become a voice to me, it won't work. And you can't do it on the run. Just listening to my wife for five minutes on the telephone and that's all the time that I give her, I'm not going to know her heart. But if I will call her and say, you know what, it's been a long week, things have been going on, we're canceling everything, we're going to go do this, we're going to spend some time together, we're not talking about the family, we're not talking about the church, we're not talking about other needs or anything else. We're going to sit across the table from each other and look at each other and we're going to talk. And when we do that, when we do that, I know her heart because I've learned to listen. I mean, there's times I 
still need to be encouraged in my listening, you know. But I have learned to listen because I've practiced. And today I know her heart better than I did when we first got married. Better than I've ever known her heart because I know how to listen. And the more we listen to the voice of the Spirit, he said, my sheep hear my voice and they follow me. That's the key to overcoming. Number one is hearing the voice of God and being able to follow what he says. But it's that it's breaking down the words of the page of this book, getting inside of you, and then making those words become a voice. And only you can do that. Only you can do it. We're not talking about that today. But another verse. Well, it's just it's just another passage. But it's Hebrews 3, and I'm not going to read the whole thing. But Hebrews 3, 7 says, Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, Today, if you will hear his voice, Do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion in the day of trial in the wilderness with the children of Israel in the wilderness where God spoke to them, but they didn't hear him and they didn't do anything with what they heard. They they heard with these ears, but they didn't hear inside of themselves what he was really saying because he was leading them in a direction. He had a purpose and a plan. And I'm telling you today, God is leading you. Whether you feel like you're being led or not, God is leading you and he has a purpose and a plan for your life and his purpose is for you to overcome. God created you not to live underneath circumstances but to live on top of circumstance. And, and, and I'll tell you this, I'll tell you, after 35 plus years of salvation, I can say that when I face the most difficult things, the greatest faith arises in me to overcome those situations. When you're not facing something and you're saying that God intends for you to overcome in every situation, it's one thing. But when you face something, if through the years you've applied the word and applied the blood and and acknowledged how great God is and you've allowed your mouth to declare the righteousness of God in these type of situations. And even when you didn't see things work, you didn't quit and you stayed with it and you you continued on and you didn't allow yourself to be overcome with circumstances that you face. What happens is you become so strong that anything that the enemy brings your way, you overcome. It doesn't matter. In fact, in fact, it's like the Apostle Paul said in Romans 5, you know what? I glory in tribulation. How can can a person be glad about tribulation? Because he said, I've learned the process of things that we go through, that on the other side I become stronger than I've ever been. And when that begins to kick in in a person's life, then as the Apostle Paul said, I've learned to be with and I've learned to be without, but I've learned the key to everything. I can do all things through Christ who is my strength. Can you say amen? We've learned how to be in that position where we are overcoming all the time. Amen? God created you to be in that place. Now, I just want you to look at just a a number of verses of Scripture that we see where people have, or situations, have benefited because of angels. 
We know, and we've talked in the last few weeks, that, that a third of the angels were cast out of heaven as Lucifer attempted to take over. He wanted to be God. He, he, he thought too highly of himself, and as a result, he and a third of the angels were kicked out. And those angels on the earth, and it's the same third, they've not duplicated, they don't have the ability to duplicate themselves, and that same third became what we know of from Scripture as demon spirits. And, and we've laid a foundation in the last three weeks that the devil is defeated. The Son of God was manifested to destroy all the works of the devil. What, what, where, where mankind was in bondage and he was, he was, he was under this pressure and, and fear and death and hell and everything that hell could do and throw at mankind was being thrown at him, but Jesus came and delivered mankind. And now this bondage that mankind was in, Jesus delivered us of. And as a result of that, the only power and ability the enemy has is through people not knowing this. This is why we've got to know the Word. We've got to be able to hear the voice of God, but you're not going to hear God's voice apart from this because this is where it starts. When this becomes real and this begins to be broken down into a voice that tells you what God says in the midst of times when the enemy's telling you something else and you choose life instead of listening to the lies, that's where the voice now becomes real and now your responsibility is just walk it out. Enemy comes and tells you, you're going to be defeated in this. No, 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 no. Greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. And I can do all things through Christ who is my strength. I can. That voice will tell you those kind of things in those times when the enemy's trying to tell you there's no way you can make it. There's no way you can succeed there. He'll remind you of a dozen people that didn't succeed in a situation that you're facing and try to tell you that that's more real than what God said. See? That's why his sheep hear his voice, they become familiar with that voice, and then they follow what he says. So we go from, from one statement to the next statement to the next statement to the next statement to the next situation that we face and every time he speaks and I hear and I receive it and I obey it gets stronger and stronger and stronger that God is more real than how things look that's all he's got I'm telling you today it's all he has he has nothing else no other ability in life against us except that and that third of the angels that are demon spirits are in a battle with two-thirds of the angels of God that work on our behalf. And I'm just telling you today, I think that most people don't realize how effective that life can be if we utilize the angels of God. We don't worship the angels of God. We don't put our faith and stock and confidence in the angels of God. And in, in, I'm talking about in the confidence of them doing something apart from what God said, right? We, we, don't, we don't acknowledge angels as something that they're not, but we need to embrace everything that they are. So just, just watch a couple things here in Scripture that I, that I want to read as I, as I tie this together. Um, 
Psalm 91. Yeah. Psalm 91. If you're going to talk about angels, you're going to go to Psalm 91. Anybody is. Psalm 91. Verse 1. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And I will say of the Lord that the Lord is my refuge and my fortress, my God. In Him I will trust. Surely, surely, absolutely, He will deliver me from the snare of the fowler, from the noisome pestilence. He shall cover me with His feathers and under His wings. Uh, I shall take refuge, His truth Shall, shall be and is my shield and buckler. I shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor the error that flies by day, nor the pestilence that walks in darkness, the destruction that lays waste at noon. A thousand may fall at my side, ten thousand at my right hand, but it shall not come near me. Notice all the things that that secret place delivers. Watch this. And that secret place is a result of my ability to come into this revelation of God's Word through hearing His voice and doing the things that He says and everything that that entails. Only with my eyes I will look on, verse 8, and see the reward of the wicked because I've made the Lord who is my refuge even the most high my dwelling place. No evil shall befall me, neither shall any plague or sickness come near me. For He shall give His angels charge over me to keep me in all of my ways, and in their hands they will bear me up, lest I dash my foot against a stone. And what I have written in my Bible is, no matter what comes against me. So, so see, without the dwelling place, the secret place with God, without the relationship with God, angels will do us no good. They're pretty little things that we hang on Christmas trees, Right? There are things that you can hang in a room and think that there's a presence in that, little, in that little thing that's hanging in the room. And I'm not, I mean, if you do that, I'm just trying to make a point. I'm not, I'm not, there's nothing wrong. We hang things, hang angels all over the Christmas tree, you know, all, all that. This year in our Christmas tree, my, my mother that passed this last year, she, she would send all of the girls, since they were little, she'd send them these angels that she would make and buy and she'd see these. And every year they'd get angels. And every year we'd keep them. We have just about one box that's full of mammals, angels, you know. And, and this year, it was just a mammal tree with all the angels in honor of, of mammal. And, and we thank God for all those things. And, and, and to know that angels have been assigned to your life, and we don't have time to get into all that today, but to know that angels have been assigned to you and they're here for you, but without God, they can't work for us. See, because they only work off of the voice of the Lord. Remember that as we, as we look at this, okay? So God has given his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. And they've been sent here to minister on my behalf, right? According to Hebrews 1. They've been sent here, that they're lower than Jesus, and Jesus said wherever I am, we talked about this last week, wherever he is, so am I, right? So, so here's Jesus at the right hand of the Father, and I'm there with him because he said he's there to represent us in all authority, dominion, and power. So we overcome by that, and on earth, he's given us angels to work on our behalf. Now follow with me. We are, Pastor. We're following. Second Corinthians 11, 
It's about a seven and a half hour message in 45 minutes. Can he do it? I can do all things through Christ who is my strength. Glory to Jesus. 2 Corinthians 11. I better shut up. And verse 14. 2 Corinthians 11 and verse 14. And this is what you have to be aware of. And I'm just reading this one verse. And no wonder, for Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. Didn't say he did, and he did, but it says he does. This is this side of the cross. Satan and his demons try to convince you that they're light when they're darkness. Because ultimately, ultimately, the fear that he brings against us is convincing us that what we see in natural circumstances or more real than what the Word says, and that God won't do what He said He could do. That's, that's what He has to work against us. I say, no. Look, look at yourself like you're looking in the mirror. No! Say it. No! Absolutely not! God's Word is true, and it's the mirror I'm going to continue to look at. I'm going to walk everywhere I go, and there's all kinds of things happening around me, but I'm going to just look at the Word. I'm going to keep my focus on the Word. I'm going to keep looking at it. I'm speaking to myself. It's going in my eyes and in my ears and down in my heart, and it's becoming a part of me more and more every day. I'm going to continue to look at it, and all the time things are going on around you. But when your focus is on how big God is, What happens is you believe your heart doesn't become hardened and you get the results. And the results just come until there's overflow. Everybody say until. And until is coming. Amen? Until is coming. But he transforms himself into an angel of light to try to convince you that he's light and what real light is isn't light. That's just fairy tales and make-believe. God really can't do all that stuff. Oh. Okay, so look at, look at these several stories right here. Just write this verse down. I'm not going to go there. Psalm 34, 7 says, The angels brought deliverance to God's people. Angels helped to bring deliverance to God's people. Matthew 28 and verse 5. These are things that angels did to benefit the lives of people in Scripture. Matthew 28 and verse 5. I'm just going to read through these real quickly. 28 and 5. But the angel answered, this is after Jesus' resurrection, the angel answered and said to the woman, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen, as he said. Come, see the place where the Lord lay. And go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. This is an angel saying this the whole time. And indeed he is going before you into Galilee. There you will see him. Behold, I have told you. So they went out quickly from the tomb and, and, and told that. But there was the angel. He said his part. He said what God wanted said. And what it did is it encouraged the woman to go do what needed to be done. The next process. You can see where angels will benefit the process. I said, angels will benefit your process. Amen? 
Acts chapter 5. We overcome and they overcame with the help of angels. Acts 5 and verse 19. Some of the apostles were imprisoned because of the preaching of the word. This is just in the beginnings of the the beginnings of the church after the day of Pentecost. It says in verse 19, but at night, the the apostles had been thrown in prison, but at night an angel of the Lord, this is on this side of the cross, an angel of the Lord opened the prison doors and brought them out and said, go stand in the temple and speak to the people all the words of this life. And when they had heard that, they entered the temple early in the morning and taught But the high priest and those with him came and called the council together with the elders and the children of Israel and sent them to to the prison to have them brought. Here is a situation, okay, where these guys get thrown in jail and an angel of the Lord came and opened the prison door. And angels can do that, but I see that also as a picture of where you're imprisoned in life, that as we release angels, I'm going to show you a scripture about releasing angels on your behalf. As we release angels to work on our behalf, they help us, they help us. They sit here as ministering spirits to help those who are heirs of salvation. And they're here to help you to see things and understand the word of God and understand situations and help you to see prison doors opened. Angels are here to help us. Amen? We hear the voice of the Spirit, and the voice of the Spirit from the Father tells us that our authority is at the right hand of the Father, but angels have been sent here to work on our behalf. And we can release angels to do those things. Chapter 12, and verse 5. Peter now was in prison. Constant prayer was offered to God for him by the church. Notice that they prayed to God, not to angels. They prayed to God. And when Herod was about to bring him out, that night Peter was sleeping, bound with two chains between two soldiers, and the guards before the door were keeping the prison. I mean, they had him down. Now behold, an angel of the Lord stood by him, and a light shone in the prison, And he struck Peter on the side, and he raised him up, saying, Arise quickly, and his chains fell off his hands. And the angel said to him, Gird yourself and tie on your sandals. And so he did. (laughs) The angel said, Put your shoes on. Tie them up and make sure you're in place before we go out here. You've got to look good as we're going out. (laughs) Right? Um, And he said to him, Put on your garment and follow me. So he went out, and he followed him. And did not know what was, what was done by the angel was real, but thought he was seeing a vision. And when they, when they were past the first and second guard posts, they came to the iron gate that leads to the city, which opened to them of its own accord. And they went out and went down one street, and immediately the angel departed from him. The angel came and he did his work. See, See the angel came as a result of the prayers of the saints, and this situation happened. Now listen, listen. Listen to what I'm going to say here. Well, I've never had an angel open my 
literal prison door? Well, because the word of the Lord didn't come that that's what was supposed to happen. But you know what? When you have angels working on your behalf, when, you're ha- when you have angels that are working and, and they're released and you're not shutting them down because of your unbelief or un- lack of understanding of how they operate, what angels do on our behalf is they give us the super natural part of things happening that wouldn't normally happen just in the natural realm. They're part of that supernatural experience getting the leg work done. I'm, I'm, I'm going to ask you this, and I'm going to show you the scripture in a minute, but I'm going to ask you this because I want you to be thinking about it. Can angels bring money to you? Okay. Hold on. Chapter 8 and verse 26 of Acts. Can angels bring you money? We read this story, but I just want to remind you of it just with verse 26. Now, an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, saying, Arise and go toward the south along the road which goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is the desert. The angel of the Lord spoke to him about what God wanted him to do with this Ethiopian. And what happened? The guy got born again, got baptized, got filled with the Holy Spirit, and, and no telling what this Ethiopian accomplished on planet Earth. Why? Because an angel was working and helping Philip to understand certain things. What will angels do for you and I today? Will angels do the supernatural and, and do things in the supernatural and make its way to the natural realm in helping us to accomplish things in this earth? We don't pray to angels, we pray to God. We don't put our faith in angels, we put our faith in God. But we put our faith in the fact that he has released them and commissioned them to work on our behalf and that they will bear us up, they will protect us. I mean, what can happen if daily you're releasing angels to encamp around about you and protect you in all your ways, to bring in all the necessary finances and the things that you need in your life, to bring in all kinds of different things that the Bible says that they can do for us. They can't do everything that they can do whatever God says they can do. Amen? And if we believe that and we release them, then we have all of this working on our behalf that wasn't working on our, our behalf before. This guy got saved as a result of an angel. Acts chapter 10 And I I don't have time to just read all this, but I'm just making this point. Without an angel, you would not have the right to get born again. Without an angel, without an angel, Cornelius would not have gotten born again. And the whole process is here in Acts chapter 10 where the Gentiles had the ability to get born again. And it happened because of an angel. He said, ah, yeah, but God would have done something else. But that's the way God did it. He used an angel to get that process so that not just the Jew, but the Gentile alike can be born again. And that happened as a result of an angel. Amen? So, my money thing, 1 Kings chapter 19. 1 Kings chapter 19. And then I'm going to end with 1 Peter 3. 1 Kings 19. 
And this is the story of Jezebel and Ahab. And then verse 19 about how the prophet Elijah destroyed everything that they tried to accomplish. And how he came against them and made fools of them. And then he got word about Jezebel and he freaked. And in, verse, in chapter 19 and verse 1 it says, And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done, also how he had executed all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah saying, So let the gods do to me and more also if I do not make your life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. In other words, I'm going to take you out. Who did he send? A messenger. A messenger of who? Satan. <laughs> I mean, it was probably a literal, literal messenger. But, but see, angels are messengers today bringing, the demon spirits are messengers bringing lies to you, trying to convince you that you're not going to make it, that you're going to die, that you're going to be prematurely taken out. You're gonna, this thing's going to happen or that thing's going to happen to your life. And they're lying spirits and they have no right to operate in our life. And the angels of God are here to work on our behalf to benefit us in ways that we can't in our natural mind even figure out. Amen? Well, I say amen. Verse 2, uh, 3. And when he saw that, he arose and he ran for his life. It's always a woman after you, man. <laughs> and he went to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah, and left his servant there. Verse 4. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and he sat down under a broom tree and he prayed that he might die. Because of a woman. Lord, have mercy. And he said, is it enough? Now, Lord, take my life, for I am no better than my father's. Then as he lay and he slept under a broom tree, suddenly an angel, an angel touched him. Hmm? And he said to him, arise and eat. And he looked, and there by his head was a cupcake from New York City. <laughs> Amen? And a jar of oil, a jar of water. So he ate and he drank and he lay down again and the angel of the Lord came back the second time and he touched him and he said, arise and eat because this journey is too great. You need another cupcake. Amen? <laughs> and he arose and he drank in the strength of the Lord. What did the, Lord, what did the angel bring them? Provision. Right? What did the angel bring Elijah? The provision that he needed. And I'm telling you today, in the light of the New Testament, those ministering spirits are here to work on our behalf. They don't carry saddlebags of Federal Reserve notes <laughs> to deliver them to us, right? They, they don't carry that stuff. They, make, they, they work on, on behalf of what God says. So if my words, if I've prayed, and here, this is what I'm boiling this down to, if I've prayed... And I've declared God's word, and I've heard the voice of God, and he said, say this. When I say specific things, angels work on my behalf where that word is concerned because they move only where the word of God is. And, and this dispensation of time, it's the word of God inside of me coming out of my mouth that will cause things in my life to change. Life and death, blessing and cursing in my life is in the power of what I say. 
And if I choose to hear his voice, know what his will is, declare those things in and over my life, the angels of God will work on my behalf, and they'll bring things to you and bring things into your life in ways you never would have dreamed. Can you say amen? Go and read 1 Peter 3, verse 20 and 21. It'd be good, and you'll like it. So take this today and remember, we overcome today by the blood of the Lamb, the word of what we say, and with the help of angels. And I'm more convinced of that today than I ever have been before. I'm more convinced today that they're here to work on our behalf and here at our disposal, yes, because of what the word says, but because of what I've experienced and the things that I've seen happen and come to pass. And I have great confidence in God that he has given me and assigned angels and released angels to work on my behalf. Not my confidence in an angel to do something. My confidence in fact that if God says it's so, all of heaven's going to move and make sure that those things happen in my life. Someone shout amen.